Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the helpful mosquito as he travels the vortex and arrive at episode number 441. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. You guys have a good week? Yeah, I finally got around to watching Aladdin, the live action version. Oh, is it good? I enjoyed it. I, I was a blast. I think Will Smith did a fantastic job as the genie. I'm really glad that he put his own little stamp on it, especially since, you know, nobody can top Robin Williams. And he didn't try to emulate Robbie Williams. He did a, a completely different thing with it. And I, I appreciated that. So, um, Music's good. There's a couple extra songs or new songs in there that are really good. And, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. Still, you know, not not as good as the animated version, but they rarely are. And, but, yeah, I was very pleased. Nice. We watched a lot of movies. Um, the House with the Clock in the Walls, which we liked quite a bit. It's Thought a fun was, movie. A lot that? of fun. I really like that one. Um. And then we watched The Missing Link, which was also really charming and really cute. Like that one quite a bit. And then Hellboy, I did not like very much. The new one, obviously. It's not the dumpster fire everybody made it out to be, but it's no, not a good it's movie. No, it's just, it's an okay movie. It just gears more towards the gore horror as opposed to the fantasy horror, which I just prefer the fantasy horror. So, I mean, it works. It's okay. I can't imagine it's more faithful to the comics, but I don't know. I haven't read the comics either. What else did you watch? That's uh, Just those three. Oh, Which is good for us. (laughs) Did you do anything this week? Um, I saw you guys went over to Sea Life Aquarium. Went over, took the kids on Saturday to uh, Sea Life Aquarium and Legoland. Stupidly, we decided to do both of them <laughs> in the same day. That makes for quite a day. Oh, man. Did you watch anything? Uh, we watched uh, Hustlers, which is the new one that's uh, based on a true story about a, uh, a group of women that apparently uh, in the 80s went and stole all the money from all the Wall Street folks because... Well, who's going to uh, notice that we maxed out their credit card? What are they going to do? Say they got ripped off at a strip club? And then uh, I actually got uh, into a car accident on Friday the 13th. I oh, saw your post about that. Yep. How we, bad was it? Uh, we went running for pizza and got caught up over on 29th Street where that construction knocks it down to one lane. A car ahead of me stopped short. I stopped. The guy behind me did not stop at all. I'm glad uh, you're okay. So. Yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to news? Only bit of news is Candy Jar Books have put out a nice free download, Terrence Dick's A Tribute. Aww. Featuring stories and articles celebrating the career and life of Uncle Terrence. Uh, featuring authors like John Levine and John Peel and Gary Russell. So they've got quite the list of people who contributed to this nice free download. That's a, a, a nifty batch of people there. Memories, etc. I'm sure they're all complimentary. Oh, how could they not be? That's it. It's been a quiet week. Alright, well, let's move on to feedback. First up in feedback is Jamie. And Jamie writes, Hello Vortexers, greetings from Trenzalore. I'm only covering three episodes here as the countdown to Series 7 finale begins and speculations abound for both the finale and the 50th. Coming from Trenzalore and beyond, I can look back and marvel at the brilliance of correct predictions and wild speculation alike. (laughs) Episode 123. Wow. Half an hour to 45 minutes on Iron Man 3 in the MCU. 
It was a different time back then, Jamie. <laughs> Clara theories. I think you guys may have predicted Missy, reporting on the theory that she was an incarnation of the Master himself. You mentioned that you wouldn't put it past Moffat to do a trial run for a female doctor with a female Master. Interesting discussion. Prisoners of Time 4. I enjoyed this story. It was nice that there was no major villain. It made a nice change from the norm. As to your thoughts on cyber-converted Adric as the main villain of the series, interesting. The Crimson Aura. This one was okay, but it wasn't great. I wasn't overly thrilled with the plot or the Paternoster gang. The prehistoric lobster was just kind of stupid looking. I just didn't care for this one. Episode 124 in the Cybermen Archive. I found it interesting that the prediction made during the feedback section were right. Colton's email mentioned the Sun article about the War Doctor leaks and his placement in the Doctor's timeline. Daryl then hit the nail on the head with his interpretation of the name of the Doctor title meaning. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that episode when I get to it. Revenge of the Cybermen, the last story of Tom Baker's first season. What a season. Robots, Wirren, Sontarans, Daleks, and finally Cybermen. I like the Cybermen as a concept. Their first and most recent appearances have been their best in my eyes. The problem with Cybermen... Keith, you may not want to listen to this next part. <laughs> the problem with Cybermen is that no one remembers them correctly from episode to episode. Their design changes, their methods change, their weaknesses change. Somewhere in the 70s, the people in charge forgot that Cybermen were once human and instead started writing them as a generic robot race. Occasionally you'll get a story that remembers that they were once like us, but that's often forgotten. The cave shots were good, and the way they used the gold here works, where it doesn't in later episodes... The Vogons were okay, but they made it. the makeup made it hard to tell them apart and hampered Kevin Stoney's performance, making a great actor easily forgettable. Not terrible, there are definitely worse stories, but it brings down the quality of an otherwise excellent season. Nightmare in Silver I've never read anything Neil Gaiman that wasn't Doctor Who, or his biography guide to Douglas Adams and Hitchhikers, which I skimmed. I found this episode was fine. The Cybermen weren't awful, Math Smith did an excellent job in a dual role, Clara was fine, and the kids were annoying. It's a genetic Cyberman story that just seems to be an homage to Tomb and Base Under Siege model of Doctor Who. It just wasn't anything special. As to whether someone helped the kids in their research, as Odd Duck Phil suggested, maybe the woman in the shop? Could Missy have lent a hand? Episode 125. So, Star Trek Into Darkness. Been a while since I've seen it. Really enjoyed your review. I don't remember my review, honestly. I can tell you what my thoughts on it today are, but I don't remember what I said about it back then. Assimilation Squared, the first, and as far as I know, only Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. I like the story. I like the characterization of the main leads. The ending left it a little open. Uh, it was a bit creepy. I like the flashbacks as a concept, but the art was not to my liking. You guys addressed several of my concerns about it. I preferred the art of issue four with the flashbacks. Overall, read it for the story, but the art just doesn't work. So the main event, the name of the Doctor. Have any of you rewatched this following immediately or near immediately by Day of the Doctor and or Time of the Doctor? Just curious. Not that close together. I think I did. I don't think I did either. Just you? I think so. Because well, I, I did a rewatch all before Capaldi's. Oh, that's right. You did, Capaldi. didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Odd Duck Phil makes several interesting points about Nightmare. Interesting to think about, definitely. As to Dr. Phil's suggestion of John Hurt playing the Valyard, and the Valyard ended the Time War, an interesting concept. Overall, this is an excellent episode. The great intelligence is well used here. The Whispermen are scary. A much better realization of the Vigil from Akatun, or whatever it's called. I just watched this again, and then Day of the Doctor. 
the field of graves have even more weight knowing what hit Trenzalore in the time of the Doctor. I love the nods to classic Who and wished some of them had been longer. Just an all-around great episode, a very good one that tied up the mystery surrounding Clara. This allowed her to be just a normal companion without being kept at arm's length by both the Doctor and the TARDIS. Still waiting for Big Finish to throw some of Clara in his cameos or Easter eggs for some of their stories. Silence will fall. Well, you guys were close, at least in some aspects. With what we've been given, your theories fit. That's the fun of listening to these in hindsight. Did any of you suspect that the prophecy was about the return of the Time Lords? Or that the Silence were confessional priests? Not me. <laughs> no. Interesting thoughts on River's purpose here. I think as well as being a convenient key, it's a nice coda for the 11th Doctor as his story ends. Interested in your thoughts on River's final TV appearance in Husbands, but I'll get there. Not sure if her audio adventures hurt her TV arc or not. Kind of wish they'd take her away from the Doctor and find different gimmicks. Although I'm glad that River's story is over as far as the TV side of things. So that brings us to the elephant man in the room, John Hurt. Get what I did there? <laughs> Having just watched Day, I find the War Doctor one of my favorite incarnations. He's sweet and kind with a rough exterior, hates himself for what he feels he has to do. Can't wait for your coverage of the 50th, Engines of War, Night of the Doctor, and whenever you get to the audios. That's it. Until we hit Trenzalore again in Christmas, this is Jamie signing off. Keep up the good show. Goodbye. Thank you, Jamie. Who else do we have on tap? Up next is William. William writes, Hi, guys. Thanks for opening up your podcast and reviews to include print media from around the Hooniverse. So many podcasts don't, limiting their scope to what's appeared on screen, missing out on a wealth of material and an appreciation of the bigger picture. My Doctor Who print collection is comprised of vintage Marvel comic books, books, plus more current issues from IDW and Titan. I have lots of Doctor Who magazines, including the very first, complete with dry transfer arts, in addition to cornerstone trading cards, plus a smattering of hardback and softcover books. What can I say? I'm a graphic artist, and I like Doctor Who. <laughs> Tim's comments about character likeness during your review of the Titan Comics 13th Doctor Volume 1 reminded me why I stopped reading Doctor Who comics about 10 years ago, and why I started reading them again. In an issue of a comic that shall remain nameless, aspects of Joe Grant's outfit change five times in a three-page story segment, which depicts one continuous scene. Joe made no changes to her attire. attire. Sloppy storytelling arts did. Calling out these continuity errors on the publisher's web forum was a mistake, one I shall not repeat. <laughs> The moderator made light of my comments by joking about continuity discrepancies in the TV series. I can forgive wardrobe continuity fluffs in Classic Who, especially when scenes were recorded out of sequence, but I can't forgive con continuity errors in sequential static comic book panels. The moderator was polite, as one would expect, but other participants, not so much. <laughs> I was told I was being too picky, that short turnaround and tight deadlines were to blame, etc., but I wasn't buying it, so I stopped buying it. The comic, that is. On every corner, on every cover of every issue, this comic featured its own series logo, making it impossible for me to instantly identify and ignore. Contrary to popular opinion, you can judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Years later, on my way home from a vision checkup, I stopped at Alternate Worlds, a semi-local shop that sponsored Doctor Who on PBS back in the day. On a wall rack with other comics were copies of thir uh, Titan's 13th Doctor book, issue f number four. 
Having not purchased any new Who in print for a very long time, I purchased number four and have been hooked ever since, so much so that I've acqu acquired the complete range in print. Comic book storytelling relies on pictures and words. Remove either and what's left doesn't tell the same story. Unlike TV and film where you have to re where you have to rewind, replay, or pause video to take in details you, have, you may have missed, a comics book's pacing is set by its reader. That's why continually and accurate character likenesses are so critically important. They give weight to what may otherwise be a lightweight narrative. Titan got it right with its 13th Doctor books, having just finished Operation Volcano with the 7th Doctor and Ace, plus a few other familiar faces, I'm currently about halfway through The Lost Dimension, which is also from Titan. As always, I'm looking forward to your next podcast. Until then, happy hiatus, happy travels. Blue Box Bill McCann, the third. Thank, Thank you, Bill. You. Good to hear from you again, Bill. Yep. I don't mean a lot when I, I laugh uh, at your you know posting comments in the comment section, not... Uh, not because it's We're terrible. laughing along with him. Not I, yeah, yes. yeah so I, I, I should specify that. We have uh, all been there. <laughs> so some of us have gotten into flame wars on Twitter with 12-year-olds. and that, uh, feel your, <laughs> I feel your pain, man. That's a deep cut. You didn't have to go there. I'm sure there were some people that didn't listen to the early episodes and know about that. It was over David Tennant. All right, let's move on to our reviews of... Legacy of Time. Legacy of Time. Relative Time. Disaster strikes inside the Time Vortex, and the Fifth Doctor is thrown together with someone from his future. Someone claiming to be his daughter. Kleptomaniac Time Lord the Nine believes it's his chance to seal something huge, but, Jen but Jenny just wants her dad to believe in her. Um, this one was okay. I, I enjoyed this one because uh, really because of the fan service. This was yeah. the this was yeah. the meeting that needed to happen. This was uh Jenny played by Georgia Moffat meeting her dad played Georgia, by Georgia Tennant now. <laughs> yeah, to Georgia Tennant. Uh played by her dad um D uh, Peter Davison, father and daughter in real life, which I think was great and then the doctor and the and and the doctor's daughter. I think uh Jenny I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the, the playoff. I enjoyed the um, the banter that they had with each other. They now obviously they've you know known each other since well she was born, and so <laughs> I, I think they they've they've got this tremendous relationship, and I think that's why they play off of each other so well. But I think it's so well written the dialogue between the two, and that's what I really liked. I think the the the, the plot's kind of flimsy. I mean, there's not a lot there. Um, I do like the idea of the nine i think that having kind of this um time lord with multiple personalities almost based on the fact that all of his regenerations come forth at once yeah uh is a great concept and i know that there are there is other material out there with the nine that will will eventually yeah tackle, so. i think had we tackled some of that we would have greater appreciation for the story because I, I, I got the impression that this is kind of a prequel for the nine Agreed. Okay. Well, see now, I think that that yeah, but I think that'll help us. It'll help us that now we've going forward we'll into, linearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's actually I'm kind of glad to hear that because uh, at least that's the impression I got. Just but from you're listening right. To story. We probably would appreciate because the, the fact that they went back. Well, he makes the kind of prequel. The doctor makes the comment about the uh, the nine's companion, even though he he, he, he knows met. who she is, even though she and the nine have just met. 
Yes. And the doctor says something to the effect of, oh, well, anyway, go and, you know. So he knows he's kind of stepped in it there at that point. But um, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I thought the, the, the idea of the nine was super, super interesting. And I went from being a little dismayed that, oh, we kind of hit this one out of order because obviously he's a returning thing to I'm not going to worry about it because it's such a cool idea. I will hold off on that one until when we do get to those. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't even remember the, the companion's name, the nine's com- the gal that. Thana? Is that who it is? Thana. Yeah. Very droll. And I think the reason I, I didn't like her so much is it just really felt like she was Missy. She was being a Missy, you know? And, oh, and yeah. been there, done that. I mean, it just, uh, I, I, you know, her performance was fine, and I'm not underselling her as an actress in, in any way, but it just, it seemed like a retread of a, a of at least a different personality. I mean, obviously she's different. She's got abilities beyond what Missy has, but I just, it really felt way too similar to that kind of attitude and character. So I, I was, wasn't all that impressed with that. But yeah, overall, it's it's a pretty flimsy story, but it's got a little, you know, heart-touching ending to it and you know the doctor does show his appreciation for her, so i think that ultimately was the goal we were going to getting to in the end so and it was fun having another deep big finish callback too with the vortosaurus coming back yes yeah, yeah i'd forgotten about that, that, was, that i thought that was a nice touch it was nice it was a nice touch it was i i, I kind of walked this tightrope on this one between did it really work or not? Because there are so many little things in it that that, that worked, or could have worked. Uh, I really liked the concept of okay, we're here and we're just we're just stealing stuff. Which I, I thought maybe at first this was the monk that they mm. were taking him in a different direction with mm-hmm. with collecting things. Um, but then she brings a Vortosaur home. It's like, hey, I got you one of these. <laughs> and, and he's got, oh, cool, I don't have one. Lock it up, will you? But then it, it, it turns into this, oh, we're, it's the, the broken time, the fact that it's all of Earth's history being unspooled at once, and his idea to just kind of sit on it and be able to dip in. It's like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I just don't think it was handled particularly well because by the time that idea comes out, we have spent way too much of the story dealing with the rampaging vortosaurs and not necessarily enough time with time. And then in a, another case, a big finish kind of, I think, overproducing something, the whirlwind of sound effects and uh, things. With... I thought that was really good. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I... The, 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 the sound effects in this things, this particular one stood out. As amazing to me, I thought that the, the the mixing of the sound and and the effects that went with it, I thought were really really well done. That that was one of the things that impressed me of it. I agree that I think we kind of get wrapped up in the uh, rampage of the Vortosaurs a little too much before we get to that point. I think the other thing that that I kept looking at was that the the guy's plan is fall, flawed ultimately though from the start because if if time is unraveling you're just i mean he was a kleptomaniac and he, he obviously suffered from that must have everything um syndrome but it just sitting there i mean if time's unraveling you're not you could collect it all but you're probably not going to be able to enjoy it eventually because everything's going to unravel and fall apart so i mean it it's it's a it's a plan doomed from the beginning but i think because he has 
a, a, a mental illness, obviously. Um, that's why he feels, you know, well, this is, this is the way to go. So, yeah, I, 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 I thought the, the sound effects were terrific on this, though. Hmm. I mean, it was just, it was very, very wraparound and had a lot going on. And I think that's, that, that's where it worked, too, is, is this story is meant to be chaotic. I mean, there's a yeah. lot going on, mm-hmm. and so I think that it's works very well fast paced. It is, it is breakneck pretty much the entire time. But a definite plus for the the writing and the relationship between yeah, the Doctor and Jenny. Oh, yeah. that just shined. It's, it's the star of this episode, yeah. even with the cliches that they throw in of you know worrying about her driving and all of that <laughs> stuff. It plays... It was very meta, I thought. It's, it's, it's so meta, just knowing that aspect of yeah. it. And that's what makes it the cliche, an okay cliche to have, because there's the meta aspect to everything. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. The Avenues of Possibility. D.I. Patricia Menzies <laughs> is used to the strange, but even she is surprised when the 18th century itself falls into onto her patch. Fortunately, she has founders of the modern policing to help with her on inquiries, and when the Sixth Doctor and Charlie arrive, they find armed and hostile forces trying to change Earth history forever. Bum, what bum, bum. serendipity here again <laughs> that we just listened to not too long ago that Sixth Doctor and Charlie's uh, first story, which had Di Minzi, and this story takes place six months after their meeting. I mean that, or just, was it six weeks? Something very, very, very near to their first meeting with her, and I thought that was terrific, and I was so glad that we at least got because I think we'd have been a little lost with this character had we not had that under our belts. So. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I liked this one story wise. I thought that there, there was a lot good to it, but it's still, I'm like you, you said earlier, can we just skip the first two? And go on the last one? <laughs> this one just felt like, uh, this was probably, this was obviously setting stages for the finale. Also. Yes. Yes. And, and I think that that's, its biggest connect to the last one is as we're going along in all these stories, there's something happening to time, but it's not clear what what it right. is. Um, I think the the fifth Doctor story, relative time, brings us a little closer to what that is. But you this step one a really little closer kinda, each yeah, story. This one does really kind of cement the action of what's happening uh, coming out. Um, but the you know, the story, I don't know. It was it was good. I I, I enjoyed it. It it just. I think maybe by this time in the box set, of course, I listened to these like over the course of two days. And I think that by this time in the box set, I was ready to get to the end of this because I wanted to know what was going. Plus, they hadn't done the fourth Doctor yet, so I knew that had to be the last <laughs> I liked this one. I, I liked the story of this. Um, I, I liked this better than relative time, actually. Um, it was one that, again, is a little chaotic. There's a lot going on. But I liked the way that they dealt with time and then suddenly, oh, that that particular timeline is now closed off because yeah. we've changed the conditions for it coming into being. And we now have to recreate those conditions in order for it to open back up, which was a little too convenient. But at the same time, it was like, I understand what, you know, you've got a lot on your plate right now. I'm not going to fault you for that yeah, one. Right. Well, but it was also easy to connect the dots in that one yeah. as well. Um, I liked the... Uh, the, the the multiple 
different branching timelines that we were dealing with that it wasn't just this future but our future and the present and from you know multiple pasts and kind of everything culminating and coming together i did think the two brothers um while i enjoyed their characters immensely for me they sounded almost a little too close to each other and i was having trouble picking out which one was yeah, which in different scenes yeah. until we got far enough into it that it was like well this brother's always with this group and this brother's almost always with this group so that yeah. was enough to right to finally separate them and well, i oh go ahead no no go ahead i just i i loved 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 the way they handled charlie and i was a little panicky that <laughs> we got the reveal i'm this paradox i'm not supposed to be here and she spills her guts and i'm like we're only two episodes into the run with Charlie and Six. This may not have been the best thing. <laughs> and then they fixed it. It was yeah, like, yeah. woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so that, that made me very, very happy. Um, not knowing exactly where this one will fall in the uh, in the Mendez <laughs> story arc, um, because it's kind of been hinted that maybe there's a possibility of a romance between her and this guy. Uh, I, I kind of hope it would be cool if he shows back up and this was a prequel episode to that one. I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet, but, um, I, I, I there was a lot to this one to, to like, I kind of feel like the, the potential of the fifth doctor story was much better laid out and, and successfully realized in the sixth doctor story. You mean reverse? No, I, mean, I feel like there were a lot of ideas in the Fifth Doctor story that didn't gel right. Oh, okay. And in this one, I felt like they did. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. I, I enjoyed this one, too, a lot because of the ideas that are here. And there's so much that it, you could almost flesh this out into a bigger story arc. Because just dealing with, you know, these two story these two timelines of the past and the future and this alternate one... There's so much richness there that I think they just barely scratched the surface of what they could have done with it. Um, and I, I liked the brothers. I thought they were pretty good. They, While listening to it, I thought, well, they're kind of Django and Lightfoot-esque. Only to find out the original plan was to have Django and Lightfoot in the story until Trevor Baxendale oh, really? I didn't know passed that. away. And then they, decide, Makes sense, yeah. then they decided, no, we better do something different. So Bummer. that kind of made me sad once I realized that. <laughs> But I liked uh, the relationship between Six and Charlie um, and the that whole confrontation of the revelation of what's been going on with her. Uh, and then her relationship with Men, uh, Menzies. I, I like that a lot, too. Yeah. Now, I'm not crazy. The, the, the reveal that these are the sirens. Yeah, they the, are. The, the sirens yeah. of time. Yeah. That that's from all the way back. All the way back the called very back, first right? one. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what that's I thought, exactly but it's been, a, it's been a long while since yeah. we did that <laughs> one. So that was like, wow, reaching deep into the closet there. Yeah. But, that's and, the, 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 the reveal of that was very much a, wow, we just went way back to the beginning. We went back 20 years for this. And that, that I really appreciated that because there's a lot that has happened between there that they, they could have harvested from. The, the box set now really kind of feels like... It really is a 20th anniversary celebration. It is, but but up until this point, the, the, the box set really... I mean, we, Benny goes all the way back even further than Sirens, but... Right. Um, but, you know, it, it really felt like with the countermeasures stuff, uh, we get some of the Gallifrey stuff coming up, but, but with the stuff that had been happening up to this point, D.I. Menzi, Charlie, Charlie with Six, it really kind of felt like more... 
early, uh, uh, very late in the series stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, it didn't feel like it was a modern era. It, yeah, a modern era. Yeah. Uh, didn't really feel like it was encompassing everything, but yeah. I think the sirens really pulled that whole aspect into it. So I appreciate that. Well, I think that. they've tried to do little things because knowing that more people are familiar with the newer stuff than the older stuff, like having the Rocket Men, which according to the bonus features, yes, was in, was a callback, and they make several more returns in various guises uh, through different lines. Um and big finish between that, the Vortosaurs, and now, yeah, I guess the Vortosaurs would have been a very far uh, callback way back too, at yeah. the beginning of eight. That's so, I think they've been doing little things, peppering those things in, and then the big bam of the sirens, which I thought was really cool. And then my next thought was, well, of course it is. It's a twentieth <laughs> anniversary. You're gonna pull something from the very first story right, you do, right. and what considering what's been going on in the box set, that also makes the most sense. Yeah, yep. It was done in such a way too that I really appreciated. You know, as you mentioned, we, we we've got Vortosaurs, we've got Rocket Men, we've got Sirens, we've got wh- what are all these things that they all have in common? They're all big finish. This yeah. wasn't an anniversary set that we went and got the Cybermen, or right, we went and got right, the Daleks, right, which right. we could have. We could have got something very Doctor this Who. This was a celebration, but a big finish. This was what a big finish brought to the party, and, and and even even the companion pairings. The fact that I mean, yes, we expect to see Seven and Ace together, but we see Seven and Ace together in a way that only Big Finish has put them together. Mm-hmm. We see Six and Charlie, and Charlie is you know a very specific. I'm honestly kind of surprised we didn't have Airmen. I really, that would have been kind of an ideal companion to throw into the mix, but there was already so much uh, going on in the fifth Doctor story, I can see why they didn't. But, um, you know, just the the countermeasures and Gallifrey that we got Romana and Leela, specifically we went for that time frame to put those two together. So it was very couched in, this is what we do. You know, this is yeah. what we know. Let's move into Collision Course since yeah. we're, we're going down Romana and, and uh, Lila Road. Collision Course. The fallout from the temporal distortions has now reached Gallifrey. To find the cause, Lila and Romana remember travels with the Fourth Doctor to the same world at different times. The enemy is revealed, and it may take more than one Doctor to prevent the destruction of everything. I don't have a big enough dime. I don't either. <laughs> and here's how this one plays out. I'm listening to this story, and I'm thinking, well, this is kind of clever. We've got Leela recounting events from a trip to this place with the fourth doctor. Leela recounting events of a trip to this place with the fourth doctor. And both of them happening, but possibly not, could not have happened to both of them. Because there's a lot of similar things that are going on. The doctor is there, and each time the doctor's like he's been there, like it's the first time he's been there. And I, I, I was listening to this, thinking, I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. It was almost yeah. taking split infinitive and flipping it yes, on its head that yes. it, we're doing the same thing, but not. But, but not. And I, so I was sitting there, and I, I wasn't sure what I thought about it, but I was really enjoying. Well, and there was very little Tom in this, which was what kind of surprised me there wasn't a lot going on uh with him it was i mean it, this is really leela it's a, the, the first part of this is really leela and romana's story mm-hmm. and uh but i really really enjoyed the two of them together and they play off of each other really well and then we get to that that crux of the revelation of what's going on and when 
bringing everybody together and just one <laughs> after another after another after and I just I just was so elated. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so much fun. Now, and then you get to the cameos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is we we what, we bring doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor in, which I expect. You know, I just kind of expect that. Right. Five through, uh, you know, uh, three through uh, eight to show up. Well, that's just yeah, yeah. That's right. Three. Sorry. Three through eight to show up, and then ten to, to show up. And one and two and it was like oh and to to get um uh, David Bradley thank you David Bradley and of course Fraser voicing the second Doctor and oh, it, when Tennant showed up I was like I, that was the one that blew me away <laughs> because it's it's not a surprise for sure to see Fraser show up because oh, yeah. he's done a lot of big yeah. finish and he, he's 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 a regular player there it's not surprising even to see um. Uh, David, David Bradley. Bradley show up because he's got a new series on there that they've been they've been doing. But for David Tennant, who yes, he has done the Tenth Doctor Adventures, and boy, he is such an ambassador for Doctor Who, and he it shouldn't be a surprise. But when he showed up, I thought, wow, they have they have <laughs> they've pulled out all the stops right there. That's just amazing that they were that they were able to do that. I mean, and I'm sure he came into the studio for an hour and recorded his part. Oh, yeah. Because those three kind of come in and then they're gone. You know, right. They, they come in and then they leave. <laughs> oh, you don't um, really need me. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and a brilliant way to to set it up. Yeah. The the the, the original the, just the concept of this. This is the first TARDIS test flight. I don't know why that has never. I never thought about it. We we always hear about Rassilon and Omega and the great temporal engineering and the yeah, we we, yeah, we discovered time travel and the blah 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 blah. I just kind of there's the hole in my Gallifrey knowledge that just kind of assumed that the Tardises and, and we invented it. Here they are, boom, done. You know, the, we didn't we didn't have to test anything. There was no trial and error stage. But then you think about it, it's like, well, of course there had to have been. You're dealing with time travel, there. and so the fact that this is the test flight, this is the first. That to me was just. That was as big a revelation as finding out that the sirens were behind this for me. Oh, yeah. But then the fact that, of course, we're dealing with a TARDIS, and it takes six to fly. The the, the genius of that, we've got six parts. We've got six doctors. I know who's coming, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Nope. Fooled you, because here's three more. <laughs> and the beauty of being able to kind of pull the rug out from under that with the, they don't need us. Oh well, we're gonna go check the uh, blah 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 and the temporal because you know you you didn't think about that, did you? No. Okay. Well, we're gonna go make sure that's okay. Uh, yeah. It just and the the uh, and then uh, the second doctor. Can I do the hammer bit? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the, there were so many uh, the the insults that were you know fast and furious and i've got a nose for this well you've got a nose for something <laughs> felt very third do three doctors and it felt very five doctors yeah. Uh, yeah you know getting back to that kind of there's too many egos in the room and then the whole navigation fight i'll take navigation um <laughs> <laughs> you know it took you a year to find the largest airport in England. <laughs> i'll do it uh, if nobody's going to mention how long it took you to find Metabilis 3, I'll bring it up. <laughs> I was rolling. I was, I was listening to this in my car, and I literally had to pull over to the side of the road because I was laughing so hard. I meant to go back and look because uh, I, I can't remember. One of the Virgin New Adventures, uh, 
I think it's the first one in the Cat's Cradle uh, set deals with the history and lore of Gallifrey. And there's a sequence of flashback backstories in there where the uh, it's not the Sisterhood of Karm, but it's the, 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 the group that predates them. Uh, when they were, this was, you know, Gallifrey at one point was about magic and mysticism. And then the, 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 then the science took hold. And so it was Rassilon versus this organization as to, it was a power struggle for the mm-hmm. planet. And one of the catalysts for that was the first test flight of the first TARDIS. And in that one, it, it talks about six people controlling the TARDIS and there's a a, uh, I can't remember if it's set up to be a they're they're awaiting the return of the travelers and I can't remember if there's uh, like sabotage in it or something or one of the one of the people on board sabotages the flight and uh, they end up there's ends up being this catastrophe or potential catastrophe it's all kind of fixed at the end but i wondered how much they were they were tapping Mm. into that idea or that story or even maybe even connecting it to that element of the story so to me on another level while i wasn't surprised to learn that you know with six people uh flying the tardis for the first test site for me it was tapping into that while this is something very familiar and almost quasi connects to something I'm already familiar with, and it's really interesting that they 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 tapped in and borrowed a lot of those ideas and connected it to that particular story, so they don't step away. What I, I again, you know, I always love that. All to me, all Doctor Who connects in some way. You yeah. know, even yeah. the even the outside material has some sort of continuity or canonicity for me, unless it just blatantly out out says we're not Doctor Who Unbound. Although now that Benny's traveling with <laughs> with uh david warner doctor yeah, I really that I, i'm excited to get there and figure out how that's worked but um but the uh just the, the the fact that that big finish acknowledges everything that's come before in all medium and all you know where in the past they've not been afraid to do uh the sidesteps you know and and they've not been afraid to uh, uh do audio uh, adaptations of the Virgin New Adventures stuff, and they've not, you know, hesitated to do audio adaptations of of other print media. And so this was just one more thing to me that that tied into the fact that hey, yeah, we also sort of acknowledge that there's a possibility that all of this can can tie together, and I really appreciated that. Was it the same author? I don't believe so. Uh, who was this one? This was Guy Adams. No. Um, Mark Platt did the Mark Platt. Uh, one, I'm, the particular one I'm thinking of. Well, and there was even a hint earlier on. I can't remember which story that there was reference to. You know, really old TARDIS, possibly the first. In one the of the nine, pre- I think said that. Yeah, so I mean, we got the hints that this was coming throughout the story, which I thought was a nice through line that they put in there. Well, and I like that this box set starts with eight, you know, on the on the cusp of a, a fallen Gallifrey too. Yeah, because this kind of goes the opposite direction with it, and and 
you know, time has caught up to Gallifrey at the beginning, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Nice bookend effect there. And there was the, not, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a science geek, but the, the, the not so subtle at the very beginning, we're setting the, the coordinates and the calculations and uh, an obscure planet in the Nutter Spiral. I was like, oh, yeah, like we don't know that's Earth. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, that explains why all the time holes are coming because right. the, the, the test flight's going to go badly. Okay, right. cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's probably what caused it to blow up in the fifth Doctor story that, you know, right. caused and, everything to unravel. And that's probably why there was a person that was split in two because the test flight was going that's, wrong. That's why I was being very coy last week when you, we were reviewing the first three because I had already listened to all of them and you were saying that I think that the, the connection's going to come. And I was sitting here thinking the connection does come, but it's not in the way that you think. It's you've not gotta, wrapped You've got to connect the dots yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. not wrapped yeah. up in a nice little bow, but they give you the avenue to make it work and why all of this is happening to all of these different uh, uh, doctors in all these different times. Right. And so I think that works really well because a story like this, I think, is going to be really hard to pull off when you're going to outline something and then you're going to source that out to different different authors, you obviously get on board with him and make sure that everybody is is uh, knows where the where you know the the finale of this is. But you also give them enough leeway and freedom to tell their own stories. And I think that that's why this works so well to culminate in this story and allow you to go, oh, okay, well, this is why this happened, and this is why this happened, this is why, instead yeah. of trying to drive everybody uh, along the exact same line to the same point, this really is the best way to do this kind of story. Yeah, I would agree. So much enjoyment, so much to like in this one. Yeah. I think it's a box set I'll go back to fairly often. I think I would, too, because all of the, you know, there's some of the stories I enjoyed less than, than others, but all the stories are fun. All oh, of yeah. them are enjoyable. And it, it's one of those, I don't think I would start anybody on the path of Big Finish Audios with this oh, box set. Not, no. But it's one of those ones where when you've become a fan of Big Finish, you can revisit this one a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. where there are some stories that you you probably never would go back to again unless you're just you know, <laughs> forcing yourself through a re-listen of stuff, uh, you know, for some reason chronologically uh this is one of those ones that it's just it it's it's as much good storytelling as it is fan service and i think yeah. that's what makes a very good anniversary special is when you touch all the right heartstrings for the fan but you also tell a, a, a good fun concise story well and there's so much there that we also haven't delved into like once we get more countermeasures under our belt i'll want to go back and re-listen to this once we listen to jenny I want to go back and re-listen to this once we uh, more know, Gallifrey or get more Gallifrey. The nine. I mean, there's so much stuff that we just don't even haven't covered that I think would benefit. We will benefit. This story will benefit future listenings once we have more stuff under our belt. It's it's almost to say that you know if you thought it was fan service now, just wait until you have the rest right, of that under right. your belt and see yeah. how much is actually in there. Yeah, yeah. it's like watching the fiftieth and. Only knowing who some of the all thirteen are at the end, yeah. You get you you get the importance of it, but then you know the fan service doesn't really hit you as strongly until you know it. Yes. Um, this to me was a, not only a great story, not only some great fan service. It, it just really 
seems the pinnacle of Big Finish Doctor Who at this point because it is so much of a celebration of what they do right. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things that I really took away from it was just we're, we're going to do this and it's not, I mean, even though we're dealing with the end of the world and the potential unraveling of time and uh, blah, 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 high stakes, it, it was still, we have time for the Eighth Doctor to come in and hug Leela. And, yeah. and, and just because that's who he is. Yep. We have time for six and seven to get into it because yeah. that's who they that's are. And uh, Ramana to kind of just exasperatedly put up with it. <laughs> um, and, 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 in, and in all carnations, too, there was a, a great line that the, 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 the Tom had um, about her, about Leela's small thinking. Or Ramana's small thinking that he, you know, it's the burden of being a genius, but, you know, you came up with this because, well, you're simple-minded or something to that effect. <laughs> and just just how well put together, how well written it is, how yeah. the characterizations are just fantastic. I would yeah. So much fun. All right, Sean, what we got coming up on the schedule? Some fun stuff. We've got some very fun stuff. We are returning to a, a, a little concept that we put together back during the, uh, was it during the 50th or after the 50th? I think it was after the 50th. I think it was after, it was the, 50th. after the 50th. Uh, called Beyond the Doctor, which is where we're going to uh, take a look at uh, the actors who have played the Doctor and some of their roles outside of Doctor Who. However... With a twist. With a twist. Uh, we're going to do it for Halloween and horror movies because it's close enough to Halloween that we're going to call it Halloween. Uh, so uh, let me, let me It's, do it's a, a spooky season. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's spooky season. Spooky, spooky time. Okay, so... We say horror movies. Some of these are going to be on the verge of thriller or suspense, suspense. as well, I suppose we should say. Because not all of them are out-and-out horror films. Right. Some of them are. Yeah, some of them are. <laughs> some of them are very much. The... Some of them I'm not looking forward to watching. Some of them are very firmly feet-planted in the horror genre. And some of them aren't quite. But... So, uh, we've, we've broken this up. Um uh, over the next six weeks, uh, should I go through the whole? Let's just do the first. Just the, let's just do them a week, week at a time, since there's so many of them. Okay. Uh, this obviously will get posted on the website, and I yeah, know I've been yeah. saying that, but uh, I've handed some technical well, difficulties on my end. So, it, um, it but, didn't help that I drug <laughs> my feet getting you some of the films. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to call you out like that, but it's Glenn's fault. Um, <laughs> so uh, next week we will be doing a little film called Vault of Horror, or The Vault of Horror. Uh, which features uh, Tom Baker, among many uh, awesome English folk. It's kind of a uh, Tales from the Crypty anthology type series. Um, and then... Um, it is a Tales from uh, the Crypty. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's based on these EG comics. And then uh, uh, Christopher Eccleston in 28 Days Later, which if you've not seen is a zombie flick. So that'll be on the docket for next week. And then uh, some more goodies beyond that. So beyond the Doctor. Very good. Be sure to check out our website, travelingvortex.com, and uh, Sean will have the updates on there for you there. And then uh, while you're there, click on the Patreon link and uh, consider supporting us. And remember, you can send your comments and feedback to travelingvortex.com by clicking on the Send Feedback link. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.